0: This pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart home technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up, I'm very cold. After that, please play, digger digger. Here is a agent for porn detection. Or oh, no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, Schott.
1: smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes,
2: stupid people. Smart homes.
0: My be, be this
2: is Madeline from Smart Home Stupid People and Eris Felmeth, <laughs> right at my hello, side. Hello,
1: hello. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a couple more things. <laughs> uh, as you guys can see, who uh, yeah. you know those of you who are looking at the video version, we have mm. a very different setup today because we're doing some very different stuff. Yeah, I actually quite like it. It's pretty comfortable. I mean, other than the fact that the monitor we typically read off of is like way over there. Um, but for that reason, we uh, we won this. I'm translating from German to English. It's awful. We gained. <laughs> yeah, awful. We gained this. Oh, oh, look at that. We got another view, like another camera angle. So we got that camera angle. Oh, yeah. And we got that camera angle so we can move things around. Look at that. So, uh, that's because we wanted to show a little bit more up close what we're up to today over here, right? And for those of you guys uh, listening on Podbean, hello, hello. We are live in audio (laughs) form as well. We'll do our best to try and describe what we are up to. But for those of you on Podbean who are actually interested in seeing the the video version live, um, you can... Oh, my button's not working. Not on that few. All right, there we go. No, no, no. I, I got it. There, there it is. Uh, you can go and check out Rockfin Rumble Twitch DLife, and or the Telegram app. The Telegram app is Smart Home Stupid People, the Telegram channel, mm-hmm. and Smart Home Stupid Chat to bi-directionally talk to us mm-hmm. and uh, ask questions. Yeah. So why don't you kick it off? I'm gonna I'm gonna write a <laughs> couple little uh, messages here. Yes. And, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. So today's topic is alcoholic tech, well, no, technology. <laughs>
1: there we go.
2: <laughs> alcoholic technology.
1: See, we already have somebody congratulating look us. Very to- yeah, yeah, look it very comfy. Yeah, it is actually
2: pretty comfy. I think the sofa we found on the street, <laughs> I if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I,
1: I, like, typically it's not the type of thing you say, but like, I mean, this is a score. Some Someone died and... This is, this is good leather. <laughs> That's something you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I specifically asked them, why are, why are you guys chucking this? I want to yeah. know if there were mites or bugs or in it. And he's like, no, no, no. The person died and uh, it's got to go. And these are like, this, these things are probably from like the 60s. Yeah, right?
2: they're pretty comfortable. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so today's topic, I say as 60s, I said,
1: maybe 70s or 80s, but anyway, they're good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> today's topic, as I said, is alcoholic technology. And we prepared a little bit of uh, stuff here, which is kind of a hobby of Eris's, or became a hobby of Eris's because Arises, as Eris, because he's very <laughs> fascinated by the technology, by the natural technology of fermentation, and this is what we're talking about today. What is fermentation? Where does it come from? Who does it except Eris? <laughs> other than
1: others, other than
2: other than Eris, yeah. yeah. right? And yeah, why why is it a technology, and why is it so fascinating? So as always, I'm as a biologist, I try to you know have a view on a more biological level on it, whereas Eris has a more technology te- technological approach to it. And I might just start with a biological approach, which is just the idea: what is actually fermentation, and where does it come from? It's basically that out of sugar like glucose their um, energy is generated without using oxygen this is actually fermentation so you might have heard about you know when we eat food our digestive system in the cells is actually using the glucose and produces energy from it while using oxygen so fermentation is the same thing without the oxygen And so there are a lot of bacteria who are the who are who are able to do this. Also, yeast some plant cells and also in us and animals, the, the muscle cells. You might have heard of lactic acid. When mm-hmm. you work out a lot, then your muscles have to produce the energy for the workout without the oxygen and then it produces lactic acid. And that's mm-hmm. what you have to, you know, the pain from as well <laughs> to get it rid out of your system. It has to go into the bloodstream and then, um, yeah, it gets gets uh, broken down. So also... Animals and cells and animals. Also, the red blood cells. I've, I've heard that they're also able in fermentation or to ferment or the like, fem- process um, like, of fermentation.
1: Uh, uh, you're talking about like um, vegetarian animals specifically or all animals?
2: All like with, within the red blood cell and the muscle cells, right? So mm-hmm. this is where the the fermentation, the production of the lactic acids, uh, it, well, exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as well, you know, we humans, we are using this kind of technology in order to produce alcohol. This is also what happens in plant cells when they break down the glucose and without oxygen. And it's like they produce ethanol and carbon dioxide. Yep. Yep. And this is actually a cool you, fun... If
1: you guys watch, I don't know if you can actually see it all that I don't, well. No, I Maybe it's with so the too other far camera. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe I can zoom in the other camera just a little bit. You can see once in a while, bubble going up, right? Um I had it actually stored in perhaps a colder place. So just because you got bubbles coming out of the bung over here doesn't mean that it's actually carbon dioxide escaping. Mm. It might just be a pressure change. Mm. But um we just saw a bubble a minute ago.
2: So are you already? At that point, where you want to explain what you did here, or should I? Yeah, I think a little bit. bit because little <laughs> I think the people
1: listening specifically in the okay. pod bean world are probably wondering, oh, there's nobody listening yet. They usually take a few minutes to jump in.
2: Or maybe before I just wanted to finish the biological approach to it, and okay. then we can. I have a nice transition to your stuff <laughs> in mind already. So, well, as I just said, in plant cells, this fermentation also occurs and they produce ethanol as well, which is. And alcohol, right? So you would might wonder, is there actually examples of animals who are like to get drunk <laughs> from, from plants? And there are a lot of examples from that. There is like uh, mammals, just like elephants, they like to eat fermented fruits. And it's kind of like a rumor that it's enough to even, you know, kind of make an elephant drunk. I don't know. They must eat a lot of this stuff. I, I've, I've seen um, videos
1: of the baboons or the monkeys or whatever yeah, eating it's... the fermented mangoes and falling out of trees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely, apes and and the monkeys are big time into the whole uh, fruit eating, but also a lot of insects. It's mm-hmm. uh, said actually that you can you know trap butterflies and fruit flies with beer. That they like to approach that as uh, different different reasons for that. One said I found one publication that said that especially um, specifically butterfly males. They go into the mm-hmm. beer in order to gain the energy to produce more sperm. So, oh no shit! Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh no shit! <laughs> so there are a lot of lot of uh, cool things around that, and also the there is, like so, so there is here. a direct
1: link in the animal world with alcohol and sex drive. There we Probably,
2: go. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I even found, but I hadn't verified that one. I had no time to look more and more detail into I mean, it. They,
1: they, they typically tell you otherwise. But I you know it's, <laughs> it was it's an actually, interesting fact
2: there was actually a hint to a publication, but again, I, I will look up this in more detail. maybe next time I'll come up with a result that was said that insects, I think it was specifically fruit flies, those fruit fly males that had been rejected by the females, they kind of you know they 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 got got the tendency to get drunk as a frustration. <laughs> So Mm. that's, I think, a pretty, you know, pretty vague description and maybe it has a lot to do with anthropomorphism, which means like, you know, we judge the behavior of animals from our point of view. But I will look more into it because that would be actually quite interesting (laughs) to to see if that's true. But also uh, larger animals like deer, for example, white tailed deer, were observed to eat like fermented apples and, you know, like old apples to kind of get sleepy from it and relax From that stuff, so obviously Mm -hmm. there is something to it, and also I guess why we humans like alcohol a lot, which I have to say I'm not such a big fan of it, (laughs) because I think I'm I never really got the taste, and I don't really, well, you say that um, vertragen, you know, she doesn't,
1: she doesn't uh, like. take it well i guess you know she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't she doesn't hold my i don't know she's, she's lightweight i mean I, that's the other thing too maybe it's, it's just a little thing you have to build yourself probably up towards.
2: yeah but never really it was never really interested but i do like the the technology behind it how beer and wine and yeah how all this is made and also whiskey it's a real technology and a lot of natural mm-hmm. na- nature is involved in it it's so a natural yep. technology i
1: um So back when I was studying chemistry, when I first moved to Berlin, I was really into chemistry, and that was one of the reasons why I came here Um, originally, you know, from North America was because as a citizen, I can go to university here for free. And if you want to go to university in North America, it Mm -hmm. sucks. It's really expensive. Um, And, you know, most of my friends who did go to university just have a big debt to show for it, and they ended up taking on a job that pays minimum wage to pay it off because they Mm. couldn't find work in their field a different story. Yeah. But um, what I'm getting at is that when I was studying chemistry, the big thing you learn when you study chemistry is that um the second best, the second greatest solvent solvent mm-hmm. in the universe is alcohol. The mm-hmm. first one being water. You know, most things in the universe will dissolve in water. Mm. Um, and a lot of the stuff that doesn't dissolve in water um, or uh, emaciate into water mm-hmm. is um, will be di- uh, emmeciable, emmiscible. I can't remember that word. Anymore. <laughs> it will dissolve in in, in yeah. alcohol, meaning things that are like oil based. Yeah, and this is a big reason why uh, etheric oils are always for the most part, dissolved into alcohol and not into water. Mm -hmm. If you want to dissolve something like that into water or emaciated into water, then you need something that's called a- um,
2: Emulsifier.
1: Emulsifier, exactly. And the natural (laughs) emulsifiers that you typically find on the market will be like egg yellow and mm-hmm. uh mustard seeds so i you know i know i have some friends of mine who are allergic to mustard and uh so egg yellow is kind of the only go thing go to thing when mm-hmm. it's natural i think there might be a couple other plant-based ones i'm not mm. sure um specifically i think that a lot of those uh plant-based ones typically are quite uh modified you know they're not uh, natural in the classical sense but um there are other options mm. so what are we doing today
0: <laughs> I don't know. I know we we we
1: we labeled this uh, alcoholic technology because as Madeline was talking about a second ago it's it's not just humans, right? It's it's the entire animal kingdom and I think that uh, there's a big part of our past and our history with alcohol that a lot of people don't really know and that is um before we had water mm. that we could drink, you know, have you ever tried just going down to the lake or the pond and drinking water to stay hydrated? Mm. Yeah, it, uh, it 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 won't it won't end <laughs> nicely, right? Uh, typically, and um, unless you live in like Austria or in the mountains or in Iceland, where you can actually, um, well, nobody actually, not very many people in Iceland actually live out in the mountainous areas where you can just mm. go and collect fresh water. They mm. usually typically lived out by the ocean, and um, the point is, unless you live by a clean spring or glacier water.
2: No, nope, it was bubbling. I think you oh, saw there was it.
1: There's a bubble. There we go. <laughs> then you're going to have to learn how to clean your water. And uh, typically, you know, boiling water, distilling water, that kind of stuff. Um, but traditionally, up until very recent history, the way to make water drinkable was to ferment it like mm. slightly. Uh, by giving it a couple percent alcohol, it will hold for a very, very long time, which is mm. why in um, the, the entire world over, uh, specifically here in Northern Europe, I could attest to that um, low content alcohol um um meat uh, which is what we have today we have honey wine right mm-hmm. um, ale which is a type of beer which is essentially a fermented uh, wheat or any type of grain and then they even had fermentable uh like yogurts and uh, mm-hmm. like goat milk and K-fier. and milk similar yeah. to Kafir exactly where it had it had a lot of good bacterial probiotics mm-hmm. and a slight content of alcohol in it and they would drink this all day long right and if they wanted to go somewhere, long trips, journeys, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, you can't just take water with you and expect it to not go bad. Mm-hmm. And the way that um, o- like ocean travelers were able to get over the ocean or get over uh, the, the seas and so on and so forth, um, they took barrels full of ale, light beer for the mm-hmm. most part, and they drank that instead of water. <laughs> so a beer actually is one of these funny things. It's, it's a huge technology, and so is alcohol in general, because as I mentioned, Uh, pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. of of the entire, I'm not even going to say ancient past, because it's still like Mm -hmm. that, right? Specifically in Germany, it's actually much more normal, I think, when you go to the apothecary. They still have apothecaries here. (laughs) They don't have pharmacies in the classic sense. Um, And when you go to the apothecary over here, uh, you can still get a whole wide variety of uh, etheric oils that are pretty much diluted in alcohols that you can... um, ingest pill form just a whole bunch of stuff it's Mm. it's actually really really cool so um what we're doing today is i have my honey wine here and it's funny the the whole i think the uh the reason why we're doing this show today is because i said damn it i really wanted to (laughs) test and rack this honey wine i don't have time because of the podcast today and i thought to myself Let's just mix it. Let's just do <laughs> yeah, it together. So, so I'm gonna. So so Madden's gonna give us a whole bunch of fun facts, or, or are you out of fun facts? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, don't open with all of them because I, I uh, need okay. to be able to be busy here, and, and you you uh, we'll carry I'll the entertainment. I'll figure exactly. it out. Exactly. Um, oh. There's another bubble. Um, so what I'm gonna do is we're gonna measure the mm-hmm. alcohol content of it. I'll explain that as to how I did it in how I make honey wine. I've been making honey wine for years. I don't know when I actually started. I think the first time I actually made wine or alcoholic content beverages would have been back in like 2007, mm-hmm. 2006. So, you know, 15 years or so. And um, I originally started by just without knowing what I was doing, right? Just looking up a couple, uh, back then, you know, YouTube was just getting off the ground in 2005. It, mm-hmm. I think that's when it started. Um, so there wasn't a lot. I mean, a lot of the stuff I had to do, I had to actually read about first. There weren't a whole lack of videos on um making alcohol, or honey wine, and so on and so forth. But traditionally, um, honey wine has three ingredients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeast, honey, and water. <laughs> you can even go even further back, even more traditionally, and it only has two ingredients, which is honey and water, because honey has natural yeasts in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: traditionally, the low-content um, alcohol, meat, that I was talking about uh, could be made and achieved with raw honey. Um when you and Madeline knows because she works for uh, an NGO that actually provided uh, not yeah. this one, not the honey in this one. But we have honey upstairs from her NGO, which I'm going to be making more honey wine with mm-hmm. um, once we're finished with this guy. Mm-hmm. And um, so you've 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 witnessed the process, you know, as yeah. to how they actually um, extract the honey. Maybe you could get in a few minutes. Explain yeah. us how sure. to us how that works. Because it, traditionally in the past when they were making honey wine, it didn't look as nice and clear as the one I have in front of me. Because the way that you get honey today, and I'm just petting it. I
0: just say it like how you pet it. <laughs> I know,
1: I'm looking and I'm like, that's nice. And um, the way that uh, it was done in the past, you know, there were ant legs and little bugs and bee pieces. And like there, there, were, there was a whole bunch of mm-hmm. stuff in there that became the nutrients and the feed for the bacterias and the alcohol and the yeah. yeasts and all that stuff. Well, not the alcohol, but the yeasts. And, um today things are done very differently today a lot of people like to use even um uh yeast nutrient uh, mm-hmm. uh like a, a, a so a fourth ingredient right um obviously traditionally people also put like raisins or grapes or, oh. or something oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know something in there to actually yeah. help the yeast feed it you know a little bit um I tr- I like to do things really simply because I think that um the f- like I don't know its it, from a bacterial point of view, right, mm-hmm. I, I love actually seeing what happens, um, mm-hmm. and, I, and it's really fascinating to see how you can make multiple honey wines exactly the same, store them right beside one another, they all taste different. Mm. And this is uh, this is kind of a, a, a common thing, right? And this is, I think, uh, maybe a big reason why honey wine isn't a very famous, um, largely produced drink, mm. because I think it's actually very difficult to make it consistently.
2: Well, also, honey is a pretty expensive um Resource, well, I think.
1: Well, not just expensive resource like mm. um
2: or ingredient um.
1: in order to make honey consistently, mm. y- you need to rely on monocultures, which is not something I like to do to begin with. Mm. Right. So the, the honey that we get is not only very seasonal, but it it fluctuates in the sense that like mm-hmm. um the, the type of blossoms mm. that the, the bees and so on and so forth are gonna get and you can't guarantee that the 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 next season uh, you know, um, early summer mm. honey is going to be the same as no, no, last season's true. early honey. Yeah.
2: So maybe, maybe I'll I'll just start explaining a little bit about the honey, where it comes from. And, sure, do that. And yeah. well, uh,
1: before you do that, I'm just going to explain can, what I'm about to do. Yeah. just um, Switch the so the I, so here's camera. what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So let's do. I got all these buttons here. Too many buttons. No. Too many buttons. Not enough buttons. There we go. Ah. Um. So this is an ABV calculator. Okay. And this ABV calculator works on something that's called gravity. Mm-hmm. Now, gravity is very, very simple. And it's it's my go-to. You know, I used to actually not do this. Um, and, and the first time I actually made wine was, I think, a strawberry wine with just strawberries and sugar mm-hmm. and then yeasts. Um, and you can do other things. You can step feed wine, for example, and yeasts will die. Uh, like, every yeast has its co- has its kind of, like, tolerance. Um, it has its tolerance in the way of um temperature mm-hmm. and alcohol content and sweetness mm-hmm. so if it's too sweet or there's too much alcohol mm-hmm. produced if it's if if if, if it's just uh, maybe there's too much bad bacteria in there it's mm-hmm. just killing it like mm-hmm. there's so many little things that mm-hmm. can happen that will alter the way that the yeast builds its colony yep. and the way that the yeast um um even, affects the flavor mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's really, really fascinating, right? So I like to use, as I mentioned, an ABV calculator because what I do is when I first make this, which I said is uh, the ingredients in here, I can actually share it. I'm going to go over here where I can see the smart home stupid chat. Nothing happening there today. It's Wednesday, so I'm expecting a slow day, which is nice. <laughs> we can just kind of like make make our honey wine here. Um, I have uh, my two ingredients. I'm going to have to take the mic. Um, I have my two types of meads. so I have actually two car this uh, this glass bottle is called a carboy and the um, bung with sticker does that have a sticker It has a sticker So this is the bung with a sticker and that's uh, that means that what I did is I put a little bit of black tea mm. pearl gray mm-hmm. tea um, strawberries, apple carrots. Um, <laughs> What's 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 Ingwer is uh, ginger. Ginger. There we go. No, see, you're asking me all, as a I, German. I, my, the... my mind has switched off. You know, <laughs> I'm uh I'm in relaxed mode right now because I see the honey wine. Mm. Um. And uh, juice is that? Does that mean I put uh, Ingwer Saft So did I put gar uh, um garlic? Uh, help in- me ginger. Ginger, juice, ginger juice. I don't know what I do I, 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 mean.
2: I think the zaft That's a wild combination with the carrots and. <laughs> yeah, it
1: is a bit funny. I don't know why I would have said uh, juice there. Okay. Maybe I did put juice. Maybe it's your apple juice I put in there. I don't know. That sounds that sounds like something I would do. Okay. And then I have um, Rapsblütenhonig, which is um, canola, canola uh, honey, honey yeah. essentially, yeah. right? And um, by a company called uh, Drachenberg, which is a little company right across. Well,
2: Lake. it's not a company, actually. It's a location, which there is close to like our place. It's yeah. called Drachenberg, which has been like the dragon hill.
1: <laughs> we got lots of cool stuff over here mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i'm reading all this stuff out and i'm looking at the screen there we go move that over there so this is where i was reading all that stuff from
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. i had
1: i had our uh, our camera right in front of it our our picture so anyway this is uh, what i do is i take my my little notepad over here and i write down every time i do it and then what i do is as soon as i make it i uh, write down the date mm-hmm. so this one i made um Uh, on the 2nd of uh, July, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I measured it, oh, no, actually over here. uh, uh, So 11th of June, I started over here and I wrote down the original gravity is 1.092. Now I'll explain that in a second when I pull out my stuff. I know like I didn't didn't really intend on making this a a honey wine making course, (laughs) but maybe you guys find this interesting. If you do leave a comment and, uh, you know, Tell me yay or nay. So um, what you do with the alcohol with the um, ABV calculator is you type in your original gravity. So like I mentioned, 1.092 original gravity, 1.092. And then I'm going to take a reading. So the last reading I took was 1.04... 2.5, right, which tells me that there was 6.6% alcohol in here, Hmm. right? Um, So this is actually a lower quality, um, not quality, quantity of alcohol. And the reason is, is this one I was actually really concerned about because the the yeast had expired and it had also been (laughs) like left out in plus 30 degrees for a week or so. Um, All right. I wasn't sure. So what I did was I just put a whole bunch more in it. Now, for those of you out there that think that maybe – putting more yeast will produce more alcohol it doesn't really work that way because as what we were talking about earlier um yeast has its tolerance mm-hmm. what's going to happen is if you introduce more yeast in the beginning it's just going to help it kick off the colony faster mm-hmm. and by the and then when it reaches its tolerant it'll just go to it'll just die mm-hmm. right so Adding more yeast doesn't necessarily mean mm. that um, you're going to get more alcohol. That, for that reason, it means that you're going to have a faster start on mm-hmm. the on the uh, fermentation mm-hmm. or its building of its colony. The uh, issue is, like I mentioned, when yeast dies, like when your packages uh, expire, um, what can happen is is that there's also there's always a lot of other bacteria mm-hmm. in the honey. The honey that we buy is raw honey, so it doesn't have it's never been heated up. Mm-hmm. I don't heat up the honey before actually making the honey wine. A lot of people don't do that. I, I mean, a lot of people do that. They uh, they heat it up and boil it, and then they 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 transfer it. I don't do any of that. I actually make my honey cold, mm. uh, my honey wine cold. Uh, the only thing I do heat up is um, like I'll make I'll I'll put the honey jars in in warm water. The jars themselves, so that the honey becomes more liquid. Because the honey I used in this was was really like chunky, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of lots of uh, crystals in there, mm-hmm. and um, so when it becomes nice and fluid, then I kip it in there, and then um, yeah, mm. yeah, essentially make it nice and easy, and then I put a uh, as I showed you guys in the ingredients, I put a little bit of black tea into it as well. But the black tea is actually, I boil the tea and then once it cools down, I add all the other things for flavors and for uh, foods, nutrients like the fruits and stuff that I had read off. And then I also put the yeast into the tea once the tea has cooled down Mm -hmm. to just help it dissolve, right? And then once it's nice and dissolved and it's soaked in there for a few minutes, then I throw it in at the very end and I mix the hell out of it. (laughs) And uh, then we let it sit for months on end and I uh, take a test every now and then. This is uh, not the first fermentation. So it's already been transferred from the original fermentation into here once the yeast had stopped. And the way I know that the yeast has stopped is because I took readings. And Mm -hmm. when I took a reading um, and I I felt that I don't think it's going to go any further, I took another reading. And it was about the same thing. That's why I transferred it. But what I was getting at was as far as the bacteria content is that the yeast culture is always fighting with the bad bacteria mm. and if it doesn't have the ability to kick off quick enough mm-hmm. the bad bacteria can actually overwhelm mm-hmm. it and then you get shit that you don't want in there and the drink can become <laughs> quite poisonous if that happens but oh, right. typically when that happens it'll taste like shit and it'll smell bad so uh, i've never had that i've actually recently i have a second a, a brother to this one where i'm not too sure he's he's sitting uh. over there and i'm not gonna do this one today or on camera i'm gonna let it sit for a little while and mm. see what happens okay um because that one actually had over 7% alcohol which is why I'm actually you know usually when it beca- when it's like goes over 5%, 4%, even 3% alcohol the the alcohol typically doesn't allow the bad bacteria to you know mm. kick in but it, it can it can still happen anything really goes mm. this is every every time you make this it's like a little universe you know <laughs> anything can happen so okay i'm going to transfer this i'm going to take a reading Yeah. and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of uh you know Little fun, facts. <laughs> <laughs> little fun
2: facts. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to ask you actually for those who have no idea about, you know, the the, the process of making honey wine and also with the whole gravity that you could explain it a little bit. Oh in more yeah, detail.
1: Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, so the gravity is very yeah. simple. Uh, good that you noticed that. I'm I'm uh, looking at this and I'm speed talking. Mm take a breath and slow down a little. How's that? (laughs) I know I'm speed talking because I know that we didn't want to do like an hour today. Um, What are we at? I can't even read that from here. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. See? There we go. I feel like we haven't started yet. (laughs) So we're going to do an hour today. Um, So what the gravity really is, is that when you first initially put the sugars and the water and the yeast and everything together and you mix it up nicely. Um, you take uh, what I'm about to pull out of the bag over here, um, down on the floor, Let's see if you can see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll bring it into camera in mm-hmm. a second, you can't really see it. I have a bucket that's full of sanitized water mm-hmm. and uh, it's a food grade sanitizer called uh, Star Sand which is very typical for homemade, for for um, um, homemaking of alcohols and wines and so on and so forth. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great food grade uh, sanitizer that's typically used for sanitizing bottles and so on and so forth and um this device that i have it floats mm-hmm. in um in in the liquid mm-hmm. and it tells you it has little markings all over it and it tells you essentially what the 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 sugar to a water ratio is mm-hmm. right so if it was just water you would have like a reading of 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 null right and the more sugar you have in there the more it it begins to float mm-hmm. right and as the um sugars are then converted into alcohol by the mm-hmm. the the yeast it
2: sinks. The density is The density changed, kind of. changes, yeah.
1: exactly. And as the density of the beverage changes, we can <laughs> know that the sugar loss equates to mm-hmm. um, alcohol. Uh, yeah, I don't have the actual cool. mathematical formula in my head. I've, I've written it down a few times. Mm-hmm. But since we have computers and ABV calculators online, <laughs> I just type in the numbers and go, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. Is So I'm going to um, pour this into my, mm-hmm. my little test, uh, and I'm going to take a reading and see if we're still at 6.6. And um, then what I want to do today was to rack it and then later on I'm going to whip it. I'm not going to do it today or I'll I'll just probably shake Mm -hmm. it up and stir it up in order to get the bad carbon dioxide gases out of there that kind of taste a bit cheesy. Mm. Um, And we're going to do a taste test.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So, just go back to the percentage you had. What are What are you looking for right now? I didn't get it. Like,
1: so, what I'm looking for mm-hmm. is, as I mentioned, our original starting gravity was 1.092. That's the little bobby thing that you guys are yeah. going to see in a minute when it floats. That was where I marked it at, mm-hmm. and
2: that was without without like, that anything. That was 100 sugars and no alcohol. Exactly. The, the last okay.
1: reading I did was uh, the 3rd of September, and I got a reading of 1.0452 mm-hmm. so it it the the little the little floaty device mm-hmm. dropped mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. degrees mm-hmm. and that tells me how much alcohol I have and the reason why you do constant measurements is not necessarily to see how much alcohol you've got Mm -hmm. it's actually more to see how the yeast is doing
2: if there's anything going on there is there movement
1: exactly Mm -hmm. did it reboot what's going on exactly Mm -hmm. Um, since
2: you can't ask them (laughs) no
1: and and, and they can be sneaky little buggers you know they can go dormant and then they'll come back to life when you don't want them to and they'll blow your bottles up and so this is why it's always very important um, I find to do proper measurements before you put them in a bottle Mm -hmm. the bottles we have over here they have pop caps on them so Mm -hmm. they don't the the bottles won't explode The, the caps will pop off before before they do mm-hmm. but you still get sticky stuff everywhere it's not nice mm. all right but you never
2: haven't known right no. sorry did, did- Sorry, <laughs> did that ever happen to you so far?
1: Not to me. I have friends of mine who've done it uh, because what they do is they put their bo- their wine in the bottle and they cork it. Ah, yeah, okay. I don't do that. I put them in, yeah. like I said, in pop bottles, Uh, not pop yeah. bottles, but bottles with beer.
2: But also the the way you, you have it right here with with that plastic thing Well, up that's there, what this is for. Going uh, out and... Some
1: people, and I've done this before, and mm. this is where you have to watch out. Some people actually put the cap on mm. and just every day they just... They loosen it and oh, tighten yeah. it.
2: Well, if you forget about it, then... It's also well,
1: sometimes the initial fermentation could be quite violent mm. and it'll just blow within a few days. Wow. Um okay. And the uh, the way that I actually first did it before I bought any of this stuff is um, I would use like an old bottle, mm. right, of, of whatever. Mm. I'd make my wine in there. So i try to get the biggest bottle I can get.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I would put... Um, a balloon Mm -hmm. on the the, the spout and put some elastics on Mm -hmm. to keep it. Mm -hmm. And the balloon will inflate. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: what I'll do is I'll get a, when it's inflated, I'll get a a needle a couple needles and just pop the balloon. And so what that does is the pressure will always keep the balloon full enough. Mm -hmm. um, And, and you can see once it's actually completely floppy and has nothing more to give, Mm -hmm. then you can say, okay, maybe it's time for a reading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The issue with that is, is that like the reason why I do it this way is um, this um, um, has, two chambers in it and it's filled with what I have actually whiskey in here mm-hmm. it, but it's you know you can fill it with water or whatever Maybe you want. can
2: move it around because it's like really like that you can't see it oh. all right here yeah, I'll do one list. of these
1: <laughs> camera two
2: yeah kind of <laughs> it basically looks like a here, I'm diamond. gonna zoom in because that's
1: like, oh, 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 oh. I know my ankle is <laughs> still a bit messed here. up let's see what we got oh.
2: oh yeah look at this
1: here we go that's um, Something like that Um. So you guys can see that uh, I got whiskey in there, and what this does is it prevents all the little bugs and all the garbage mm-hmm. from going into the beverage mm-hmm. while it's fermenting mm-hmm. and uh, souring your uh, your beverage. And um, it just creates a nice little uh, barrier. As you were mentioning before, you don't want oxygen coming in Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And so it's very important that you don't introduce op- oxygen um, during, well, it, like, during the fermentation mm-hmm, period, I mean, mm-hmm, the very beginning, mm-hmm, you want to introduce oxygen in order to kickstart it. Yeah. But after that, no, and yeah. you let it sit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the whipping process that I had also mentioned is that once I actually swip it to uh, swap it to another mm-hmm. carboy, or, um, which I will then from there put into bottles, let it mm-hmm. clear up just a little bit more. Um, you want to stir out the carbon dioxide without introducing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um oxygen either mm. because when you put in oxygen then it begins to yeah. to 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 essentially rust and it begins to um
2: kills also the the yeast and stuff okay so why don't you start then and i can explain a little bit about the the concept of it again. Well, why you wanted using... to tell us how
1: honey is also.
2: Yeah, and honey, where does it come exactly. from? But basically, what, what it all works, But yeah, as you said, you know, you need three ingredients. Ingredients is like, that's the honey, it's um the yeast, and what else was that? The
1: water. The water. Yeah. And so, the water I, I used, I don't, our tap water has a bit, like we have a couple lead pipes still in our house. <laughs> and this is what we used is what I use. And it's uh it's it's a great little source water um from south germany. Yeah, awesome. it's
2: like Austria, right? Isn't it Austria?
1: Uh no, I this is uh, Baden-Württemberg, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Anyways, so yeah, but but basically as I said in the beginning, what is fermentation? It's producing energy from glucose without oxygen. And so for that, you need cells who are able to do this. The glucose comes from the fruits or the honey. Or in case of the beer from wheat, and then you need a little bacteria or the, you know the yeast who um, are start to to do the whole work <laughs> for you, and they they using the the and so the fruit and the honey the sugar in it, and they start yeah using using it, and they they don't need oxygen for it. And when they're done, alcohol is produced. So that's why Aris said he's measuring the content of the sugars and the alcohol, which will change the um, verhältnis the. Uh, not the density, but the, um, the, the, um,
1: the equation, no, like the,
2: the ratio. The ratio. Thank you. The ratio between will change at the beginning. You have a lot of glucose. You know, you have still have the fruit and the honey, but um, no alcohol. And then after a while, when the yeast doesn't work, it 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 work. <laughs> it's work. It will change, and the ratio will change, and that's why also you have the shifts in the density as well. So yeah, maybe about the honey. Since, yeah, I'm, I'm working in an NGO that we are, we are focusing on bees, honeybees and wild bees and the protection of them, but also we have some... Beehives that are part of our little foundation because mm-hmm. um, Thomas Radetsky, the, the man who fa- is the founder of the, um, of the foundation, he is a beekeeper. I think actually the most um, popular beekeeper in Germany, I would say. Really, yeah? <laughs> huh? Yeah, he's kind of like the Pope of beekeeping. <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's an interesting comparison.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard it a couple of times. And yeah, so we have we have a couple of hives that we're taking care of. And also, yeah, we have Honey, our own foundation honey (laughs) which is interesting because we have our foundation in berlin and there is a lot of it's kind of a south south part of berlin it's a lot of we have a lot of forests and yeah just just gardens around us so the bees find actually a lot of food and you know nectar and pollen to make the honey and also we have some of the hives are more outside of the city on the rural outskirt and this year and last year i was involved in the whole process of the um, harvest of the honey, which is actually quite cool because, yeah, you, I think we were in August, we made it this year. You go to the bees, but you have to be, of course, in. You know, I'd experienced beekeeper for doing this because you are really getting close and you're taking, you're actually robbing, right, the, the, the bees of yeah, their honey. Of, of
1: their food, of their of nutrients. Their food.
2: And so we have two people actually in our, our foundation who are beekeepers and who know what to do. I was just helping because I don't really know, I'm not involved in that part. But it was funny because we, when the day the day we did it, it was like a log, um, like a log, logistical question. We have the car, and so we had to do it this day. But Sarah, Sarah, our beekeeper, she actually said it was not a good day because. The, the bees at that at that were already really aggressive. They were robbing another hive because um, they that, that hive was pretty weak and so they had not enough honey. so that they, they tried to overtake that other hive. So from that they were already pretty aggressive. and then we were there trying to get the honey from them that, which they didn't like either on top of. So it was kind of a struggle, and I was at the end. Sarah, she in her whole beekeeper, you know, protection gear. <laughs> she was running with the with the what is that? The comps? yeah the honeycombs the honeycombs she was running away from the hive <laughs> killing it, getting rid of the bees and you know shaking the whole box to get them off and I was there with my car just you know putting the the, the combs into the car without getting <laughs> too like, many Do you know bees you how many and
1: million flowers I had to visit just <laughs> to make that for exactly, you
2: exactly that's what they thought <laughs> exactly and well, what a good basically... thing they don't have
1: long memories <laughs>
2: What you basically do is you're not taking the whole honey. Of course, you're leaving some of them for them over winter, so that they, you know, are able to take you know to get over winter. But yeah, we still took some honey. <laughs> and then what you do, you go into your little honey preparation room <laughs> where you have um oh, what is that, um, a centrifuge? Okay. You have to have a centrifuge and also like a little. Place where you have to open up the combs. So what the bees do, they they put the honey into the the little in the combs. You have the little what is that fescher? Um like uh, tubes? No.
1: Well, yeah. I mean the actual. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I mean the actual combs themselves. The oh, that's not what you would say. I, I guess. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah. The cylinders.
2: Yeah, these kind of cylinders. You, you've seen well, like, the octagon shaped yeah, things. And so this is where the honey is, but they also put something on top of it, the wax stuff. So you have to get it off of all of them by hand. <laughs> so you use a little, you know, kind of forkish thing and to get them off on both sides. And then you put them into a centrifuge just getting out um, the honey out of it. And sometimes we have to do it by hand if it's a huge, if the, if the comps are pretty large. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have smaller ones so you can do with with an electrical centrifuge and at the end you just see all the honey comes out that's actually the best part to just see that like mm-hmm. this golden stuff you know just comes out of it and then it will basically you, you just let it sit it's important that no, no there's not too much water in it that's why whenever you wash your hands you have to make sure that they dry your hands carefully so there's not too much water in the honey Oh uh, yeah of course and yeah but the rest you then can
1: start fermenting into honey wine.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then I bring it home <laughs> for for Irish to use it as a honey wine. Which and also with our bees, the our honey is pretty pretty special because we have a so called species. How we say that? Like, it's it's a it's a way of beekeeping to. To really look at the biology and the needs of the bees in order to meet them as much as possible. It's kind of like
1: a, a high. It's a high quality organic um, yes. beekeeping. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Basically,
2: you look really for the best way to to handle the bees. No use of pesticides and chemicals or other stuff to you know get get rid of parasites and and. Mm-hmm. Illnesses from them, just so really as natural, as, natural possible. as possible, and also the way the the um, the hive is built in in this little these box systems, so that they have a lot of space that are there's a good ventilation in it and all that, yeah. So and that's what makes our honey special.
0: <laughs> Some there we advertisement go. Advertisement
2: on this side. <laughs> there we go. So how what are you doing now? So you take a so sample now and
1: now I'm I'm putting a sample in here and I'm have yeah. to actually do a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is essentially just a turkey baster. <laughs> and uh a what? A turkey baster. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. So it's used um I think it's called a turkey baster. Um <laughs> yeah, 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 it's used for stocking up, you know, sauces uh ah, when making okay. uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, it smells pretty. It smells pretty good, eh? Pretty good.
2: i yeah. <laughs> to say interesting, but
1: See, yeah. it, it's it's funny um in English, interesting is not a negative word. No, in, in German, German it is. It is. For you guys out there, like... um that's something to learn is that uh, if <laughs> if you meet someone who's German and you say you're a very interesting person, he'll think that you're calling him an asshole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very polite way to say it's
1: weird. <laughs> well, it's not nice to be weird in German. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in Germany, everybody likes to be very... Normal.
0: Yeah,
1: it's very, okay. very homogenous over here, <laughs> right? And uh, so calling someone... Uh, Interesting is like calling them antisocial, which is also, in <laughs> German, uh, it means that they don't fit into the general population You properly.
2: tell me pretty often, I'm very interesting.
1: You are very interesting.
2: Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay.
1: I still, I mean, but I say it from, from the English context, which yeah. means fascinating.
2: Oh, well, that sounds much better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, All, all right. right. It went all the way down there. So, so let's see where it's at. I'm going to give it a few seconds to mm-hmm. finish bobbing.
2: How does that thing called? Is it a floater? Floating
1: device. This is just, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, um, I can't remember what they're called, honestly. Uh, gravity calculator. I'm not sure. All oh, right. <laughs> I, I have the I packaging upstairs. I can take device. a look later.
2: I like floating device.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's used for checking the gravity. Um,
2: so we did. We need a drum roll now.
1: I need to be able to actually see the numbers on here. Let me, uh, if I can bring that in, you guys can see little. Mm-hmm level that I'm at over here. So 1.0465. So 1.4. What did I have last time? (laughs) This looks like I gained something here. No, 425. It's exactly like last time. Look at that. So it didn't change. Two, four. No, it's what, identical to last time. What I does mean, that tell you? It means that the yeast uh, stopped. It means that the yeast is, is uh, satisfied. They've eaten enough. Oh, okay. and they've or on gone, strike. <laughs> yeah, or they're on strike. Uh, or it was too cold in there. What, what do we got? On the thermometer over there, it says it's 17 degrees in here, it's which is cold, about 62 Fahrenheit. Um, And, you know, this is how I live. It might bother some people. <laughs> I have warm she, socks. She's learned uh, to deal with it. <laughs> but, but this isn't like a whole thing. You know, I know a lot of people today are trying to save money on gas bills and all that shit. I've always no, lived in this he's temperature. torturing
2: me like <laughs> since we've... You've too. got your room
1: upstairs and it's warm up there. <laughs> no but but that's the whole thing is exactly is that i like my domain nice and cool mm-hmm. and uh and she's like can we please turn the heat on I'm like i'll turn the heat on upstairs in a couple of rooms and you can when you need to warm up you go there so uh, i feel
2: like a pet that only has a little you know <laughs> is that how
1: you actually translate what i just said but uh, it's, it's no it's...
2: i'm good <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but the thing is honestly if i'm moving and i'm doing stuff i, mm. I warm up pretty quickly and it's
2: really it's uh, just the way of adapting you know i i'm i'm, I'm very comfortable with well, this. some of well. us jump
1: in cold lakes in the winter and others yeah. don't
2: I, I did, I did. Yeah,
1: a couple of days ago, I brought her out to the <laughs> lake with my African buddy, and uh, we get in there, and we're, we're, you know, we're having our time, and Maddie's like, I don't know, I don't know, it's really cold, really cold, <laughs> and she, she just kind of, like, bumps really quickly up and down, and she's like, I don't know if I can do anything <laughs> but else. I was in, I was
2: She, in. she I was, was in? She was in shoulder
1: deep. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it, absolutely you know, so... There you well, go. next time I'll bring you out when we're proper uh, <laughs> below grease, degrees, right? Freezing okay. temperatures.
2: Back to your.
1: So this is good. This thing. means that um, it's the done. fermentation has stopped. Okay. Fermentation has stopped, meaning that I can bottle this and not have to worry about it. And the mm. last time I checked. So how much alcohol is it now? It's the same 6.6. So percent Alcohol. Oh, okay. That's done. Um, okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that so now actually just to double check that, uh, I'll show you guys. It's over pretty here. interesting.
2: Like I mean, how it's many months cool, right? has that been sitting now? It's like these little, you know, cool. Look at that. Six point six cells were able to make that stuff out of honey. I know. And They're I know. like
1: magicians. <laughs> <laughs> Darbash, the magicians. So um <laughs> Here we go. Uh, the last time I had checked it was over a month ago. Now, okay. g- generally speaking, and and before that, it was like a couple weeks and it had dropped a couple points. Mm. And so when you're checking for me anyway, uh, a month of it not moving at all, mm. the yeast is done. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the only thing that might set it off now is a big temperature change and a couple pieces come to life, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. If look, the the reality is is that this isn't something I'm going to bottle and put into a supermarket and send on a truck or whatever or sell. Um mm-hmm. and for that reason this is this is a hobby. Mm-hmm. I want to drink it when it's fresh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or when it's real, right? Mm-hmm. I'll let them sometimes actually sit for a year or so mm-hmm. and, and it gets nice and clear and it gets a really good flavor, mm-hmm. but I'll keep my eye on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not intending to put this away for years and uh if 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 I if I if Drink it, and it goes off. Then I'm not going to finish drinking it. Mm-hmm. If it does go off, if it turns to vinegar or whatever the mm-hmm, case may mm-hmm. be, um, the point is, is that I'm, I'm building something for myself at, that I want to have as a hobby. So I don't, I don't use anything when I store it. You know, I, I won't, I yeah. won't sulfate it, I won't boil it, I won't do any of that shit. Um, instead, I'll just, uh, you know,
2: you just drink. I only got, it. <laughs> a, I make a couple
1: liters at a time. I think I have about. I had to. I, I started off with a larger bottle. Mm. After I the initial fermentation mm-hmm. is completed, it goes into this one very nicely, and I'm going to transfer this one now into another one of equal size after we have robbed it a of bit of its honey, <laughs> and um, and that's it. And after that, mm. I'm going to put it into beer bottles uh, that have a nice pop top um, to sit, and I'm mm. going to probably drink it over the next couple of months, and that's the end of it, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's only uh, I started this thing uh, yeah, three and a half months. Well, no, four four months ago. Okay. So this is four month old honey wine very cool right and if you really want it to I, I find that kind of like a human at nine months old it like gets this life to it it's uh yeah yeah <laughs> it's hard to explain but when you hit nine, nine months, months with honey wine it just it just changes oh, so okay. what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put this into bottles yeah uh, i'm gonna put the bottles in the fridge and a couple of them all safe mm-hmm. for a couple months from now and another one for a year from now mm. we'll see how it goes back then
2: okay so can we have a tasting from it now? we're gonna do a tasting ah, right perfect. now that's
1: exactly what we are gonna do Amazing. so um, I'm gonna put my little bucket of sanitized water <laughs> over there I know I still got stuff in there so everything that I don't use afterwards goes back in there exactly mm-hmm. like this don't need this guy anymore he's not gonna work here There <laughs> we go and uh, this guy I don't need that either also not gonna work here and then I'm gonna get two glasses perfect Thank you. Okay. So I'm making my mic
2: stand. So is that still called a honey wine or is that something else because it doesn't have so much alcohol?
1: No, it's, uh, well, technically when honey wine is under 8%, some people in certain countries call it a methaglen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe so. Methiclin? Yeah, methiclin is just a type of honey wine. It just means okay. it's a little... Uh, people people <laughs> I know. I,
2: it sounds like something you would create in a chemical well, laboratory as a drug.
1: <laughs> it's interesting. <Like> <laughs> <laughs> well, my last name, Felmuth. Uh oh, That yeah. was one of the first things that I thought of when I first started, you know, learning Germanic languages um, was that perhaps my name had something to do with honey hmm. um, because of, you know. Uh, it's hard to say because uh my my last name is believed uh, I presume you know after actually really learning about it and yeah. uh, my sister having done genetic testing and stuff like that um so presumably that we have the same parents that the genetic test will stand true probably <laughs> <laughs> that um my uh ancestors you know we're talking like a couple generations ago really not that long ago like uh great. Great grandfather, mm-hmm. great 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 grandfather, uh, would have been Swedish, and that's what the rumor was anyway. And he moved to uh, Schwabia, which is the mm. southwest of Germany, and because when you move from a Scandinavian country to Germany, Germany's a bit, uh, well, let's say they're picky when it comes to their documents. <laughs> um, they want you to have a proper name. They, so in, in <laughs> Scandinavia, a couple hundred years ago, we're going back like two, three hundred years ago, you had, well, I don't even know how long it was. I, I was told like the Falmouth name in Germany is maybe up to 300 years old. But the point is, is that when I, I know people from Iceland who've recently migrated and they still use the Zon um, um, and uh, Dotia uh, at the end of all of their names. Mm-hmm. So that means that uh, if you have children, you name your children after your first name. Your, their last name is your first name mm-hmm. with son or Dotia mm-hmm. at the end of it, meaning son or daughter. And the Germans don't like that because you get an entire family coming here and everybody has a different last name. And the Germans are like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You must all have same last names or go home. And um, so what Scandinavians tend to do who come from countries that still actively do this um, is they say, pick a name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you guys all have that name. And so I know people from Iceland who have actually uh, named themselves after the mountain they grew up, Mm -hmm. you know, near Mm -hmm. in Iceland. Um, and so that was the idea: is that when my ancestors came from presumably Sweden to Germany, that uh, fell myth uh, is uh, it could be, it could mean something like with the mountains, uh, like um, uh, you see, or it could be like it's funny because "Fell" in German means like um, skin like mm-hmm. a, like a, like um sure. sheep, like fur right mm-hmm. so it could be with the guy with fur maybe they were fur <laughs> traders you know it's one, it's one of these funny things uh but you know when you look at um uh, in, in iceland and you see all the, the 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 mountain names fell is pretty much on almost half of them right mm-hmm. because uh is a type of uh hill Actually, in Old Norse and in northern languages. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the idea, is that if if they were Scandinavian, then the Feld would have would have been more talking about a hill or a mountain. So it could have been the guys who was like with the mountains and the hills. You know, that's I'd like to I'd like to think it was that. Maybe it was a fur trader. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Because um even, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago, I'd have to see in the southwestern dialects uh, if the word for with was meth or um, mm. mit, because uh, it's still to this day in Icelandic, um, meth is the word with mit. Uh, Easier like for, with, my for last with name, though. Yeah, <laughs> she, her last name is goat. Nobody gets that wrong. Nope lady goat.
2: What does that tell me about me, that my, my ancestors were like goat keepers or they were goats? So.
1: <laughs> Let's just hope that's all it was.
2: <laughs> Alrighty. All righty. Okay, so what do we have here? There we go. We you go. We got honey wine.
1: Look at that. Oh
2: yeah. All
1: right. To all of you guys, Ooh. thank you for, um, yeah, you know, you I I know that it's not very active today because typically Wednesdays it's not very active. Sometimes we get surprised, but <laughs> uh, it's a very quiet day in the chats today. Um. So, and if you guys want to ask a question, here's the biologist, world-class biologist. <laughs> ask away.
2: Yeah, ask me.
1: <laughs> right? And, and, and I love the idea of technology. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, cool, right?
2: Eh? Wow. Still very uh, sweet. Yeah. But it has a little bit of sourness to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like a nice sour, like a, like, yeah. a, like a grape sour. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. A bit cheesy mm. on the aftertaste because that's what has to come out. That's the carbon dioxide that's been f- uh, fermenting. Hmm. Oh, sorry. That's the carbon dioxide from the fermentation. Yeah, it's like
2: a breadish. Yeah, bread. Yeah, bread. bread exactly. Taste, exactly. It's a but bready yeah, taste. But it's once really you
1: um, actually I should probably cover that while we're doing this. Mm. Um, once you whip it a little bit, then it uh, all those carbon dioxide notes. You know, they mm-hmm. they escape and they leave, mm-hmm. and uh, you just have to act. You know, shake it up a little bit, um, and then you let it sit, and it bubbles a couple mm-hmm. more times, and then that taste is gone.
2: Essig. What's that? Like it smells. It tastes a little bit like um, vinegar. Vinegar, a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's uh, like honestly, if if you continue to le- let the fermentation go and mm. go and go and go, it will turn to vinegar. That's mm. the difference between oh, okay wine and vinegar, right? So we want uh, we want to make sure that colony is not going to keep going yeah. and uh, to, and do that.
2: What? Well, how would you prevent that? And you would just stop them and.
1: Well, kill them. I I've never made vinegar. I actually th- been thinking about that because I don't know how um how it all works out in the world of vinegar, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, so I really don't know. I, I'd actually like to learn about that next time. Yeah, maybe next time. But <laughs> uh, um, no, for this, like I said, um, the the with the temperature and the uh, sweetness and all that stuff. Um, it's cold. Pretty cold, eh? Uh, With the temperature and the sweetness, the the, the yeast colony dies at a certain point and then what you're left over with is is a nice, tasty beverage.
2: (laughs) They did all the work and then, you know, all this. I really like this one. Yeah, it's good. Still tastes a
1: little bit young, but to tell you the truth, I think um, I like it like that. (laughs) Tastes young. Yeah, I mean, like once you've had enough honey wines, you know the difference between a young and and Mm -hmm. an old. Like, I mean, it's not young in a bad sense. Like young is usually, you get more bitterness and Mm. um, sometimes it's like overly sweet because it's young. Mm. But other times it's like... I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like, it's really aggressive, all the, mm-hmm. all the, all the flavors. It. And what happens is, is that when a honey wine um, ages, mm-hmm. it just becomes more mellow and all the flavors kind of smoothen out and become more like a wine mm-hmm. just, a, mm-hmm. you know. And so right now it's still got that uh, pretty intense um, note to it. So any more fun science science facts that you'd like to share with us before we pack this in for today? I'm, I'm going to transfer this now to this bottle. And at the bottom, you can see we got uh, still some yeast that there's some sediments that have separated out. Mm-hmm. And um, there we go. And so the sediments down here are not going to make it into this next bottle. So it's going to clear out a bit, hopefully. And then when I put it back, when I actually put it into drinkable bottles, like little uh, half liter bottles later on, um, it'll be clearer and clearer. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that'll be the end of it very good very tasty <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i mean as as you said already you know kind of shoot all my <laughs> out in the beginning also bats are are kind of liking alcohol they also fly to f- um, fruits and flowers that have a lot of you know mm-hmm. some alcohol
1: so what about vegetarians habits. like i know that they have that huge part in their stomach that um Helps the fermentation of the, the 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 veg of whatever they're eating, the grass mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. The, and I does that ever turn into alcohol? Because I've Al- heard stories about that 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 mm-hmm. that that can happen, and they can get sick from it.
2: Yeah, I mean, basically, as is also kind of a fermentation process, right? So the bacteria in the stomach of a cow, or um, also in a rabbit, not in the stomach, but they have it in a in the cecum. <laughs> They use the grass as the energy source, and they break it down in mm-hmm. order to make energy out of it. And while they're doing it, they produce um, gas mm-hmm. as well as vitamins, and that's why the rabbits eat the the their their poo, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But to I I'm to be honest, I really don't know if that's the same process with alcohol and all that. But I can look into it and then tell you guys next time more about it.
1: All right. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to end on that note. Yeah. On that nice, lovely note. There are a couple of things here. Um, hey, Chris. Uh, it's <laughs> nice that uh, you, you're in there. So we have a couple guys now uh, on air. And uh, big guy, Cass. What's up, bro? I don't know. <laughs> Drinking honey wine. <laughs> Drinking honey wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Making our wine. Having a good time. Yeah. So. Perfect. <laughs> if you guys have any questions we're about to wrap up in a few minutes and uh, you know we'll be back here on on Sunday with yeah. a, a longer show
2: yeah I'll I'll be there this time
1: <laughs> you'll be there this time I know so actually Madeline can be perhaps show us what she was up to last week and she built a cool drum mm-hmm. you know yeah. we could talk about that perhaps okay. I was thinking about having an episode on um, music mm-hmm. and the animal kingdom mm-hmm. there's, a, there's actually a new um uh Area of, of research that's called zoo musicology. And yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The study of it's uh, cool music one. with animals. Yeah, there's a Very lot cool.
2: to explore in that. It's you know one one thing is the communication through acoustics, but the other thing is just that animals make music just for pleasure. And maybe music goes
1: together really well with fermentation. Maybe dance. there's something that's uh you know <laughs> linkable there.
2: <laughs> Probably. Yep.
1: That would All be a right. cool study. <laughs> no really like zoo musicology and then you start giving the monkeys fermented fruits and then you put on the music let's see if they shake their asses a little harder i'd like to know if they start if they get up and dance right
2: Yep, that could uh, be another PhD. Exactly.
1: exactly. I think I think it's worth it. Um, it, worth it. Our, it's funny, we have we have a couple cats. Um I want to get a dog eventually. I a think. couple.
2: Uh, we actually know. have a couple.
1: Yeah, we have two. We have two.
2: Eight. A, a, a couple, a male and a female. Exactly. Um
1: <laughs> and I'll I'll be doing my loud death metal, as you guys can see my guitar selection over here. They're not country western. Um and I'll be I'll be playing um some pretty aggressive death metal stuff. Uh, practicing, and and it'll be pretty loud here. And uh, the, they just come down mm. and they sleep on the carpet. They love the yeah. heavy bass vibrations. So there is something there with uh, with music and animals. And I, I don't think it's as intuitive as we believe. You yeah.
2: Know? As especially if you can read everywhere that, you know, cats are very sensitive and you shouldn't put on too, too much music and stuff. That's and garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, obviously, I don't know, like, they have all the places to go. You know, they can also come up to me if they have, if they feel like they're lonely and they need some attention. They, they have the possibility, but they really choose to be here and to just relax. And you can see how they, especially the male Arvid, he's kind of really relaxing to the music is sometimes even like laying on the on the um speakers i I think
1: it helps him before he goes out on his uh, midnight pillage
2: (laughs) (laughs) to getting into the mood
1: (laughs) exactly exactly
2: especially with that name
1: yeah (laughs) 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 all right everybody this has been another fine and fantastic episode of smart home stupid people yes Alcoholic technology, I love it. I mean, uh, to to me, uh, when I started reading, um, how alcohol really was the technology that helped us. Do we have a question there? You want to check it out? I can't how? Read it
2: from al- here. <laughs> well, you gotta get up. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can move that thing around. Right. I know cool. we're we have our we have our studio set up differently today to do the the alcohol stuff, the honey wine, and so we can't read off the screen too well. We have to get up and bend into it. Yeah, I could even do this so you can see your face really up close. <laughs> So, what does it say? Is it a question?
2: I have to go look through and in, into it more detail. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too tired to actually. All right. Think about this right now, but I will.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, everybody out there, have yourselves a lovely week, and we shall see you Sunday. Yep. Bye. At six, Central <laughs> European time, that's noon Eastern Standard Time.
2: <laughs> All right. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.